0: Um, If you're serious about karate, if you're serious about teaching quality karate to quality students, then you need to find a quality location. Invest some money and time into finding the right dojo. hey guys welcome back to karate over coffee i'm your host shane mcmahon and if you haven't subscribed already make sure you do hit that subscribe button uh, if you've also if you haven't checked out our karate over coffee community facebook page jump on there we do discuss uh, or some of us anyway discuss them some things that we talk about in the podcast um, as well as i put up polls and and stuff like that so make sure you jump on there and have a, have a bit of a gander but today we're going to be talking about Finding the right dojo. What what, what does that mean? What the hell am I talking about? So, let me give you a quick background uh, for those who don't know me. Um, a bit of information about myself. Uh, my family owned and operated a traditional karate dojo. Uh, side note, I am working on a podcast at the moment trying to define what traditional karate means. But anyway, let's, uh, let's get back to what we're talking about. Uh, my father and mother opened a full-time dojo uh, a long time ago. So for pretty much my entire life, it, it has revolved around karate. So uh, my dad started karate back in the '60s, maybe the late '60s, and opened a, a his dojo or branch dojo of the club that we were with at that time uh, in the '70s on the, on the Sun, Sunshine Coast in Queensland. Uh, his first dojo was at a community hall. Um, and uh, we were there for, he was there for many years. So we eventually moved to Brisbane because my dad wanted to open a full-time, full-time permanent dojo uh, and he couldn't really do that where we, where we were. It was just not enough people around, around the area. So uh, that's, that's what he wanted to do. And that's why we moved to Brisbane. Otherwise, we may still be living on the Sunshine Coast. But so after a few, uh, he had a few permanent and sort of semi-permanent dojo we finally found a purpose-built dojo um, that actually had a house upstairs and a dojo downstairs. So when we were kids, you know, we were always in the dojo, whether we we're training, uh, playing with our friends or even watching the adults train. I remember watching watching the adults train and really want to be, I wanted to train with them, but uh, had to obviously wait. Um, and in this dojo, it had downstairs, it had a, a men's change room like the same size as most Okinawan dojo. That's how huge the the, um, the change room was. Uh, it also in that change room, it had showers, maybe four showers, uh, had a urinal, a toilet, um, and it was so big. We even put a, a little a gym in there as well. So we had weights in that in that dojo, uh, in, in that change room. So it was huge. Um, there was also a, a women's changing area, which was uh, still pretty big, but not as big as the men. And they still had a shower in there as well. So um, we also had a, a waiting area for parents, had a little kitchenette um, and we had an outdoor a- outside area like where my, where my dad's office used to be. Uh, and there was a, a bedroom at the back and, a shower and even a sauna and one of those old 60s 70s style saunas but that uh, we use that for storage but anyway the the dojo itself had had two training areas um, and big windows big mirrors Uh, it it was wooden floor and then later we put mats on it Um, but but otherwise yeah it was it was like the the perfect dojo Uh, we stay and we stayed there for a long time as well um, over over 10 years so we but like everything, we you know we moved on. We found a found another dojo, same some suburb. And the great thing about this dojo was it was straight across the road from the McDonald's. So whenever somebody inquired, "Do you know where McDonald's is?" Yeah, it's just straight across the road. You could actually even see us during um, during the um, drive-through. So uh, yeah, it was great. I loved it. But anyway, uh, I, I moved to Korea to to Seoul south korea in 2004 teaching english uh i eventually opened my own dojo there as well but uh, just outside of seoul but that that's a whole other podcast but uh so in 2006 my dad asked me to come back to take over the dojo um so so i did and and uh i made many mistakes many many mistakes but now i'm, I'm grateful for those mistakes because i've learned so many things but anyway the dojo itself was going pretty well uh but we had to move, so I think we were there for ten or eleven years again, um, in the same suburb. So we've been in that suburb for oh, gee, 20, 25 years. So we we did have to move again. So we we're conscious about trying to stay in the same area, but we we couldn't find a a, a permanent dojo that we could actually afford. Um, so we 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 looked at a couple of community halls, um, and eventually we found a. We were half, renting half a, a space from a gym, a, a female female gym. And it just, it didn't work out. Uh, we, we both wanted the same things at the same time. And anyway, after about a year or so, we, we moved again and we bounced around for, for a while trying to find the, the right location. But um, eventually we, we were at a couple of um, schools and stuff like that. Um, and actually during that time, I opened a second dojo on the North side uh, at a rugby union club, at a league, the rugby union league's club, um, we were. I was teaching next to a, you know, like a bar area, uh, and it smelled like stale beer, and you could just get a whiff, oh, of that old cigarette smell. So yeah, not not fantastic, but anyway, we, we weren't there for long, maybe maybe six months or something, and it just it just it never worked out. But anyway, back back to the subject again. By the way, I am drinking a long black. This is Karate Over Coffee. So I've got my Karate Over Coffee mug. If you're watching on on the YouTube, you can you can see it. If you're if you're listening at home or driving in the car, you can just imagine that I'm drinking oil. You might be able to hear it. Let me have a quick quick sip. So, you anyway, know, yeah, so we, we bounced around for a while, a few different school halls, um, um, sharing, even shared a, shared a, uh, uh, school, school hall with another martial art, which is not fantastic, but, um, I did, I eventually, I wanted a full-time facility again. So after a few years, I, I, I wanted that again. I, I, I was sick of, sick of sharing, and I really wanted my own space again. So I actually wrote out a few reasons why I wanted a permanent dojo. So uh, I had a look and I still had it on my, on my old computer. So um, I had a quick, quick uh, glance, but here, here's really the, the reasons. Um, and when I say permanent dojo, it doesn't mean that it has to be a for-profit dojo. Uh, the dojo can still be a permanent, but run part-time hours as well. Uh, that's what i did initially so i was still working full-time um in a a different job and so but i did want um the the full-time facility again so so here's my list just a couple of things anyway so unavailability many times you're stuck with whatever days are left from other activities so if you're sharing at a community hall or a school or or, um, church or whatever it is that you that that you're at you know bingo is tuesday night line dancing is wednesday night aa meetings are thursday night so you know you're stuck with maybe mondays and friday nights if you're lucky maybe monday saturday mornings friday afternoons, saturday mornings like they're the least popular they're the least popular time so and then you're restricted with the amount of people that that uh, you attract as well uh, mondays for us or for probably everybody is, is always a smaller class than a Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, because it, people will still have a hangover of the weekend, whether it's, you know, an actual hangover or they're ferried the kids everywhere. And just, they're just tired. So Monday, Mondays for us is always a bit smaller, but, um, so the, the availability at a local community hall on a Monday night, is probably still pretty good. Um, but you're just restricted. Um, so, I, and I, I wanted the timetable to revolve around my timetable. You know, I, I was still working full time, eight till five or eight till six, whatever it was. So the the karate timetable had to fit around me and my family. It had to be right, right for me and my young family. So that way I could dictate which days uh, I could teach. You know, rather than what days I had to teach. Um, the other one is, uh, another one is that the canceled classes. So at any point, the community hall, the PCYC, the school hall, church, whatever it is, they can cancel the class at any time. You know, if they're on a Wednesday night, if suddenly they remember, they've got a bake sale happening Thursday, they may have to cancel the Wednesday night. So that's okay. If you've got 10, 10 to 50 members. Uh, but if you're, if you're running, you know, if you've got a hundred members, that's, you know, almost unacceptable. Um, so, but if you're running a full time facility, so if you've got your own class times, it's expected the classes are on uh, on those allocated days and times. There, there, there's just a level of expectation there. Uh, things happen, of course, you know, like COVID, where you do have to close. But oh, we had a we had a series of floods in consecutive years where we had to close the dojo for a couple of weeks at a time. Um, but you know, those things are out of your control, especially the COVID um, that, that sort of stuff. But for an an example, I went to teach a seminar at our Sydney dojo uh, and at that time they were at a community hall. Now they're at a full-time dojo, but, or a full-time, permanent dojo, Um, but at the time they were at a community hall. And and the guy who usually came in to open up, he actually worked for that community hall. Um, He didn't turn up. So I had spent, an hour and a half two hours battling sydney friday night traffic if you've ever driven in sydney on a friday afternoon friday night you know what i'm talking about but the traffic is bloody awful so went all that way to nothing i mean the people waiting outside we couldn't do anything so we ended up just going to a local restaurant and having a couple of uh couple of wines and uh, actually there probably weren't more from 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 that experience and you know me talking about this or that and then we then in the training hall so anyway maybe it worked out for the better but um the the also another one is a condition of the dojo so another one huge one for me is 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 how the dojo looks so oftentimes at a school or community hall uh, the floors are dirty they're grubby there's chairs everywhere there's stuff that kids are left lying around and then you're expected after the after you've trained to put everything back neatly even though when you turned up it's dirty there's stuff everywhere you've got to put it back nice and neat so and if you also if you're training on mats oh man what a pain you've got to find somewhere to store them to start with hope nobody steals them hope the kids don't wreck them and rip them and tear them um, and also you've got to put them down and put and pull them up after each class <sighs> that's that's hard that's that's a pain that, If you're doing it by yourself, that can be half an hour, 45 minutes of work every day that you're putting, every time that you're putting them down. If you've got people there to help you, fantastic. But often, oftentimes you've got to get there early just to lay the mats down. Um, However, when you have your own area, you just turn up, open the door and away you go. So everything is clean. Um, I wanted a place where I could turn up and know that it's clean and it's not used by anybody else. It's just us we have a we've got a cleaner that comes in twice a week she does the mats the toilets the, the, the walls the windows it it is a pleasure uh, i also wanted to come down and train whenever i wanted so initially when, when we moved into this place uh, a few years ago i was still competing so i wanted to come down and do my own training i wanted to do the, my specific karate training whenever i wanted to four o'clock in the morning 9, 8, 9pm 9 at night, whatever the time was, I wanted to be able to come and do it whenever I wanted. Um, I also wanted, also wanted to do private training. Um, and even now, I have my nieces and nephews that come over during the school holidays, uh, they, and they run around with my son, so they have a great time. Um, and you don't really, you just have to lock the door and the kids, the kids are fine. Obviously, you still have to look after them, you have to keep an eye at them, but otherwise, you know, it's, uh, it's a big area, big open areas so that they can run around. Cost obviously very different. Community hall might cost you a hundred bucks a week, the permanent dojo might cost you a thousand bucks a week. But you know, if, you, if you're paying a thousand bucks a week, um, then you're more likely to get off your bum and get more students in to pay to cover the costs. Um, so it, it's obviously very different, but again, it depends on, on where you are and what, what you want out of the dojo if you're stuck with 100 members at a local community hall and you start struggling to grow you really need to sit down and figure out what you want i, I look at different stages like a tw- uh, 12 months or one or three or five and a 10 year plan so this is where this is where we're at at the moment so well, this is my this was my uh one three five ten year plan so uh, i've always had a had that sort of idea about where i wanted to be but uh so in the initial 12 months, so when I when I found this our current location um, in that first 12 months, I wanted to grow the student base to cover the rent. In that 12 months, I just wanted to cover the rent because I was still working full time. I still had my part, uh, my full time job and the dojo was part time, but in that 12 months, it had to cover the cost of the rent. So I, I t- had to get out and, and really try to get more members uh, from, from year one to year three. I wanted my student base to get up to around 350, and at that time, it, and at 350, it would replace my current my wage at my full time job. So I did have to take a a huge pay cut for a few years, uh, but that's where I'm at at the at the moment. So in a few months, depending on when you're listening or watching this podcast, in a few months, I'm going to hit the three year mark from when I first decided and my wife let me um, do karate full time. So as my as my own full-time business um so that's where we're at at the moment so we're hitting around the 350 mark um, and it's pretty much replaced my my income that i was receiving in my previous job so from three to five years is is pretty much where we're at the moment so we just sort of move into that way i'd like to be able to grow my instructor base uh and be able to offer more classes and more class times i can't do that i can't offer more class times and more more availability if I'm doing them all. There's, I did another podcast a while ago about um, not, you, you need a team around you, you can't do it by yourself. And, that, and that's where we're sort of sitting at at the moment. So we've got some future sensei coming through who, who eventually will be able to take some of the classes. Um, and that's what we're looking at now. So that's what I'm, I'm gearing up for. So between three and five years, uh, I want more instructors to take more classes. So the more class times available, the more people can come more people can come and you know, the further we can expand the dojo make it prettier, bigger uh, and, and those sorts of things. And I might be able to make a bit of bit of profit as well, um, teaching karate, oof, touchy subject. We'll, we'll, we'll touch on that in a second, but anyway, we'll, let's we'll get back to our three to five years. Um, so that's, that's the expectation that, that I'm looking at here. Um, so I want more, more students and more instructors, uh, at the moment, we are sitting in 180 square meters of trainable space uh, and we are looking at going to 250 square meters in in a few weeks so when i say trainable space it means i i can have two feet one square meter actually training Uh, when we when we came back from our COVID lockdown period and we're lucky very lucky in brisbane lucky in australia well, in certain parts of Australia, our lockdown was was pretty smaller. About maybe three months or so, four months. Uh, when we came back uh, to open the dojo, we could only have one person per four square meters. So that restricted the amount of people that we could have in a, in my dojo at the same time. So that means we couldn't have parents inside. Um, it's actually it, it, it was a blessing, and it still is. And from now, from then even now and continuing along i won't have parents in our waiting area so we don't have a a waiting area any longer i got rid of the waiting area and now we have more training space Um, initially it was because of the covid but now uh, the kids are much better focused you know they're, they're concentrating more one second let me just grab a quick sip oh long black again of course well actually a bit fruity this one um yeah so with the with the with the parents uh initially you know i I explained that the kids are better behaved they're more focused and it's definitely true because there's no outside noise there's no parents aren't talking um there's no little johnny's brother is not banging away on some car toy that he's got there's no mobile phones going off there's no video games being played there's no tantrums from Johnny's little sister. So there's no outside noise. There's no. There's nothing to distract the kids from training. And it, it has been honestly fantastic. We do offer Zoom, uh, a live video uh, for Zoom. And each month we change the password just for security. But it is on every time there is a class on, whether it's kids or adults, there is a live video, uh, live Zoom. Um, I went out and purchased a zoom uh, 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 a url it's karatezoom.com i know i couldn't believe it was available so if you've got something i actually initially looked for aka zoom as in australian karate academy zoom but it was taken so i just off chance put karatezoom.com boom it was there. So it well, cost me 12 bucks and uh, it's been fantastic. So it, it, go out and do that yourself. It's, it's very easy. If I can do it, everybody can do it. So anyway, so we, we, we have the, the live zoom, um, and it has, it has worked out well. So every, every time now, well, whenever I tell somebody about it, um, you know, their initial, oh, just like dancing. Yes. Just like dancing. So ballet dancing don't allow parents inside. And I, I get it. I totally get it because the kids are way more focused. You know, the, there's nothing to distract them. It, it's all about karate. There's nowhere to go. You know, if they've got, they can't look at their parents and pull a face because the parents aren't there. And also, it gives us more training space. More training space means a better quality training experience. We can separate the class. You know, in in the kids classes, we are we usually have three instructors plus junior leaders so we we're often putting into three groups you know for example white belts there yellow belts here orange belts here all, all working on separate things rather than everybody training together and white belts having to keep up with the green belts we, we separate the class even in with the adults we separate beginners intermediates in advance black belts doing this green belts doing this white belts doing this um, so it's been, it's been fantastic. And, and as we keep growing, the, the dojo, as the dojo keeps expanding, we'll be able to offer more and more room, more and more room for, for, for close training. Last night, we had about 25, uh, adults doing bojitsu, doing the bow. So fantastic. We we couldn't have done it before. We knocked the wall down and bam, we've got all of this, all of this room. So, um. So in the next couple of weeks we expand even further offering another maybe 80 square meters of of additional space so it, it, it everything is just expanding expanding um and we're looking at between three to five years is, is where we're at uh back to that so year five to year ten year five to year ten this is when i want to start buying looking at buying a building that's that's my dream buying a building a, a full full-time uh Forever dojo, almost forever dojo, you can always sell it. But a forever dojo, like a forever home, that's really what, what I want. I, I want a forever dojo. So a uh, standalone building. Uh, here are a couple of things that I look for if I'm going to buy a building, or even if I'm looking for a new training space. Uh, two things, the, the, the two biggest things that I look for. And you know, you may be a bit different, but for me, these are the two things I look for. One, open space and parking. Open space and parking. I don't want any poles in the dojo. Not that I've got anything against Polish people, uh, but the metal poles is what I'm talking about. Not the people from Poland. Uh, I, I don't want any metal poles in my dojo. Yeah, you can put padding around it. It's it's not ideal, but you, you can put padding around it. But when there's padding around the the metal pole, you can't use it. Space near the pole. If people people get worry they are going to hit the pole, of course, that's why you've got the padding, but you can't even use it space around it. So, you know, you, you are potentially losing four square meters of actual training space because you can't move, move past that pole. Um, so I want a big open area. And again, I, I won't have parents waiting any longer. Uh, I'm lucky our parents sit in their car when uh, they go to the local cafe, um, some even go to the pub across the road totally get it why wouldn't you on a thursday afternoon while your kids doing karate just sneak over for a quick pint totally get it and you can watch your kids on zoom on your phone so you know um and we've been around for a long time so you know the um we've got a great reputation so you know people people often share the zoom to their family and uh, family overseas i know my uh, wife's family in korea they watch my son train which is cool um, but and we, we we couldn't have we wouldn't even thought, think about that if we didn't lock the parents outside if we didn't have to have the parents outside we't wouldn't, wouldn't even think about it so um, but yeah the other the other thing i'm looking at is is parking sometimes if you're doing back-to-back classes where it's kids adults um, Commodore whatever you're doing you may need 50 parks you know you've got 25 kids training and 25 kids coming in so you need to look at you know, 50, 50 odd car parks for that crossover, um, and if you're doing seminars or competitions at your dojo, you, you need a lot of parking. Um, so they're the two biggest things I look for. In street parking, it's, it's not enough. It's honestly not enough. You, you need your own parking. Not one or two bays. It's got to be more than that. So there. So that's why I look at for five to ten years. It may happen in year seven. I might find the right right? Dojo in year seven, or it could be year 10. I'm just looking for the best dojo. So that's my one, three, five, 10 year plan. Um, Oh, and also if I'm looking for a dojo, looking for a permanent dojo or, um, you know, my forever dojo or just a, uh, second location that I want to open up on a nice area, you know, you don't want to be, you don't want to be next to a, a tradie who's you know loud banging away on the tools. Um, you want somewhere that's quiet uh, and doesn't have after school hours like most dojo. You want, you want a nine to five or eight to four neighbors. Um, I did find the perfect spot. Absolutely. Perfect spot. Plenty of parking, open area, uh, close to the CBD, affordable rent, but the downside was it, uh, it's actually next to an adult shop. So, mm so close, so close. So it's probably why it was so affordable, but, um, I'm sure it'd be fine for many, for many businesses and, you know, a lot of people wouldn't care, but not a, not a karate school, not a martial arts school. Uh, that's, you know, 60% kids and, and parents. So that's so close, so close, but, uh, you can actually sit down and write out a one, three, five year, 10 year plan yourself, modify it to however you want to. Uh, I see some dojo who are sitting, sitting you know, around the 100 student markers that we were talking about before. Um, they're not willing uh, or they're not able to offer more class times. If you want to be a professional, then you have to act like a professional and charge like a professional. There, there, is, a, there is a debate that about you know, should you charge money for karate? Should you charge money for martial arts? Um, I've always been of the opinion, yeah, you definitely should charge money for martial arts, even if you're running a non-for-profit dojo, there are still costs, there's still there's still rent, there's still GST, there's still tax that you've got to pay, instructors that, that you have to pay yourself as well, um, like, you know, if you think about the amount of money that you've invested in your own training. Even if you're just a student, think about how much money you've paid for over the years for your the class fees, the seminars, uniforms, equipment, travel, you know, all of those sorts of things. Uh, plus the hours that, you, that you've that you done studying karate, researching karate, practicing karate. I know a karate school owner who closed his local dojo. Uh, he was at a, at a local hall. And he he wasn't getting enough students and then he complained that he could no longer afford the rent but he also stated that you shouldn't charge money for karate classes yeah what so complaining that can't get enough members to cover the rent but also you shouldn't charge money for teaching karate honestly you can't have it both ways so yeah you you can't have it both ways You, you can't complain about not have enough students to cover the rent and then complain about those who charge money for rent, for karate it doesn't make any sense so i understand that some of you some want to do it as a hobby and i, I get it I, I totally understand that my my life has always revolved around karate so all my all my talking about is my experience with karate um, you know the all of our holidays as kids well pretty much all of our holidays as kids revolved around karate interstate competitions seminars all those sorts of things that's where we would have our our family holiday and they were great because we were still getting away as a family Um, even now i book my holidays to around karate japan okinawa korea uh, all of these things um, revolve around karate even if i'm going if i go to the us i still go to a local dojo for tax purposes as well but also you know just just uh, checking out to see what what local karate clubs are doing um but yeah even if you if you do run your your dojo as a hobby you can still operate it out of a permanent dojo i've got friends who do this um you know some are for -for non-for-profit some do it just to cover the rent Um, if you're serious about karate if you are serious about teaching quality karate to quality students then you need to find a quality location Invest some money and time into finding the right dojo Thanks guys. I hope you enjoyed it. We'd love some feedback and don't forget to check us out We've got a YouTube channel Facebook group Facebook page uh, We've got our new karate over coffee Shop com. So karate over coffee shop We've got some shirts and, and mugs and stuff that you can help support us But otherwise, if you do have suggestions for some podcasts, some episodes, let me know. We'd love to hear it. See you next time.